So this is going to be cool because we told everybody we weren't going to do this anymore. And here we are. We're doing it again. Yeah. So we'll explain why we're doing this. And it's because... If you want to know. I mean... Yeah, if you want to know why we're live right now when we said definitively that we're not going to do this anymore. Turns out it's hard. It's really, really (laughs) hard to record a podcast. The way normal people do. (laughs) Yeah, it's so hard to... It feels like I'm talking to the walls. Yeah. And they're not responsive. No. And it's awkward. Like, we spent hours in the last two days how do we start trying what should we say how will it sound candid do you have anything to say i don't know i don't know and then we start and we start talking and we're like can we please do that again sounds awful and then we've just re-recorded and re-recorded over episodes and episodes it's great i've i've recorded the episode that i'm about to share with you guys yesterday and it was so atrocious and so awkward that I came to the conclusion that it has to be just deleted. <laughs> we cannot Bye. we cannot use it. It's unacceptable. To be fair, your story was good, but like the execution was it wasn't, just it wasn't you. It's funny. You're dumb. Yeah, I am dumb. No, it was it was it was literally atrocious. I would not subject you guys to and we worse were, than normal. And it was so oh, I don't even we were yelling. Yeah. Throughout the entire first 30 minutes. And then we got tired and bored. And so it just, you can watch our sound waves get smaller and smaller and smaller. Yep. To the point where we're like, I don't know. And then probably this happened. Yeah. It was, that's who did it. And then we got done with my half and we both looked at each other and we were like, can we just stop? (laughs) So yeah, it's going super good. I think that if we keep doing it live, we're going to like give ourselves some of the skills, you know, like continuing to work on our public speaking. Cause this is something we've never done before. No, I'm not good at speaking in general, let alone to like people who want to hear what I have to say. It's hard. It's pressure. (laughs) It's really hard. Like, and it shouldn't be, it should be like a fun thing. So that's why we're going back to the way that we like, better yeah and I think we'll continue doing this until me and Jenna feel comfortable like because even when we do it live it's still incredibly uncomfortable but then we have to do it yeah we're held to like a bit more of a schedule we have people that expect it and it's like we're not allowed to procrastinate as much you know yeah. so yeah that's the that's the gist of it so we're back hello <laughs> <laughs> it's between the crimes <laughs> motivated ready excited prepared we are prepared, we are prepared for yeah. once we've been doing better lately though yeah about preparing i've been trying to keep up Same. with it i even have been trying to do my notes if i've slacked off like on my lunch break and like literally whenever i can do them preparing has never been one of my strong suits so yeah absolutely i'll just take what i've done and be proud of it <laughs> yeah that's how i feel it's probably gonna be super confusing too for anybody that listens to us that doesn't listen to us live on Podbean because they're going to be like, what are you talking about? This isn't live. I'm listening to this on Spotify right now. Yeah. And so for anybody who is confused or unsure of how this process works for us when we do this live, we do live episodes typically on Saturday nights on our um, streaming forum, which is Podbean. And we share the link with friends and family and on our Facebook page. 
Um, and then we pull the audio out of Podbean and I edit it and then I publish it into a live episode because it feels more natural that way. Yeah. And so what everybody's listening to on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Google Podcasts, they're listening to our live audio stream. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's but a little weird. bit more refined. Yeah. I, I edit a lot of our sound so we don't sound so like crisp and try to make it sound better for people wearing headphones and stuff. But yeah, so that's kind of how we work right now. One day, maybe that will work differently when we have figured out how to do stuff better. <laughs> but today's not that day. No, and that's okay. That's okay. We're, we have, we are at peace. We're doing it. The fact that we don't know what the hell we're doing. And that's fine. That's okay. So, yeah. I like it. Um, Let's see. What did I want to talk about? Um, So I've said this a hundred times, but I've been listening to Dateline a lot lately. And I just listened to this episode on Dateline on the way to work. I think it was like this last week. And it's this story about this mom. Like she's, I want to say in her forties. And she is kind of like a free spirit. And she, I don't know like how to explain it 100%, but she basically her and her husband get divorced and then the husband ends up getting custody of her two daughters. And so the mom kind of grows up, like her kids kind of grow up not without their mom, but the dad Mm -hmm. is like the responsible parent that takes them to school. And like, it's that kind of parent. And then their mom, they like go and visit, but she ends up like taking off and like meeting a new guy and moving to Hawaii. And like the daughters still love her and they visit her and stuff. But she just wasn't really that like take your kids to school kind of mom, you mm. know? Yeah. So she goes off to Hawaii and she's like living with her new husband and she's like, I don't know the way it's described in Dateline. It kind of sounds like she's like either bipolar or she's got like heavy bouts of depression, but then she's fine and wanting to party, but then she's sad again. And it sounds like it's hard for the husband to deal with in a way, which is fair. That makes sense. Yeah. And so she mom basically starts documenting like these and I don't know okay so she starts documenting things like as if if anything happens to me it's my husband weird which is kind of weird in the sense that like friends and family didn't really notice a ton of like bad relationship stuff happening between them and so if it was happening it was awfully private and then she ends up dying in this really weird way. She's like laying in bed. She calls her daughter saying that she doesn't feel very good and that she's really Poisoned. tired. And basically she was prescribed pills and stuff, but she, so she had taken those pills, but it looked like an overdose in mm. a way. And the husband claims that she was deliberately trying to kill herself. And the daughters are like, fuck no, she wasn't. And so it becomes this huge case of like, she basically dies in bed. She is, she basically falls asleep and doesn't wake up again because of the pills that she took. Yeah. And it's like, how do you prove whether that was on purpose, was on purpose or an accident? So they end up charging the dude with murder initially. And the daughters are like, gun ho, like he fucking killed our mom. But then they are going through their mom's stuff afterwards and they find this like envelope that says it's got baby pictures in it. And before she died, she told them, if anything ever happens to me, go look for your baby pictures. What a cryptic thing to say. Isn't that so fucking like morbid? Yeah. 
And so she goes and the two girls go to Hawaii. They look for the baby pictures in the house after her mom, their mom dies. And in the baby pictures are these like journal entries that the mom had written about how he's abusive, the husband, he's abusive and how he's out to get her. And that if anything happens to her, it's his fault. And so the husband is like, she's fucking framing me. Like, she's fucking framing me. This is bullshit. Because it could be really either. Yeah. And so it's like, basically at the end of it all, the prosecutors say like, they just don't have enough evidence. Like, there's no way we can charge him. Like, and the daughters are fucking pissed. And like, they're interviewing them. And like, even I think it's like, it's either Keith Morrison or one of the other interviewers. And he's like, you know, it doesn't you know it really could go either way and like it doesn't look good that it's almost like it was set up deliberately yeah to make you would think that maybe like i don't know maybe i don't know what i'm talking about but like you'd think she would maybe say something to someone before yeah not like hey after it goes bad yeah this is what happened like yeah why wouldn't you talk about i mean i guess i don't know i've never been in that situation Mm -hmm. that's how i feel maybe she's scared to say something i don't know it's just so, like, it wasn't enough for me to, like, make it, a, like, a full episode. And I honestly, like, it it's not my style of, it's not something that, like, really intrigued me in the terms of, like, I'd want to share it, mm-hmm. like, for 45 minutes. Right. But I just felt like, I genuinely, like, based on that episode, feel like she framed him. Like, I think she had intentions of killing herself, and I think that she wanted it to be, like, a scandal. Like, because it kind of feels like she or... like gone girled him. Like, I still haven't seen that. I know. We, we seriously, we have to watch. I don't that. know what you're talking we about. We should seriously watch. It's so good. Is it? Can we watch it? Sure. It's so good. Okay. But it's fucking crazy. It's like it's like staging it just because like fuck your husband. You don't like him, oh. or maybe he's cheating on her, or maybe he isn't always nice to her, or maybe maybe he was abusive, but maybe he wasn't that abusive. Maybe they were. Maybe he wasn't a murderer. Yeah. But maybe he was. And it's like, why? And then to hide it in the baby pictures and then tell your daughters, knowing that they're going to, like, do that. Like, latch on to that. Yeah. And who knows? Like, granted, that's just my opinion. Maybe that's not it. Maybe he really did poison her. And there was some, like, sketchy shit that he said in between that you're like, why would you fucking say that? Like, he, like, says on the phone with the police at one point when they're interviewing him on the phone. And I swear I didn't strangle her. What? And they're like, <laughs> okay. We didn't even think that that's how she died. They didn't even investigate it that way. And so then they were like, now we have to get another autopsy (laughs) to look at it if it was a strangulation. And they couldn't definitively say whether it was. Like, basically, it was inconclusive of whether she had been strangled. They couldn't say that she was, but they couldn't say that she wasn't. And so that was just weird. That is so weird. Which that makes me feel like he is guilty of something. But then it's crazy because even the police are like, we don't really think they were going to do this weird thing with him where they were basically, I don't know what the term was and I can't remember it, but they were going to charge him with this weird charge of like, basically you didn't get her help soon enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know, like she was clearly not feeling well and borderline dying, which she was dying Yeah, and you didn't do anything fast enough. And even that resulted in her death. But at the same time, he did call 911. Maybe not super fast, but he, he is the one who called 911. So the prosecutors were like, we're not going to win that in court. 
We yeah. cannot get to say what's, what's fast yeah. enough that he was supposed to be in the right room at the right time. Yeah. Especially if this is her medication. Yeah. And she takes it all the time and maybe abuses it or doesn't or maybe she does stuff like this all the time. Like, who knows? Like, it's nobody knows their life, you know? So it's like, That's isn't hard. that fucking crazy? That's crazy. That is crazy. So I was listening to that one on the way to work. And when I got there, like, I literally sat in my car for like five more minutes because I was like, what is going on? What's what happened? Going on? And that shit's just like, you just don't know, you know? Yeah. And so the daughters are obviously pissed. They're so mad. And they're like, we will literally never stop until he is put in jail. Well, and yeah, and you're going to, that's you the story that. you're going to want to believe is true. I mean, mm-hmm. not want to believe, but you're not going to want to think You're not going to settle for your mom doing something like that. Like, you nobody yeah. wants to think that. Especially, like, and not to talk badly about them or the family at all, but at the same time, it kind of feels like, based on the episode, that they didn't spend, like, a ton of time with her. Like, long-term time. So maybe they don't really know what she's... Mm-hmm. always like yeah mm-hmm. but i also have no idea what i'm talking about because i'm not right. them exactly so isn't that weird yeah that's really weird i just wanted to like like quick short story like, i liked it like a little mini yeah like a little mini. Why did you do mini episodes i was thinking like mini episodes and also like like we should do like mini in-betweens like as like their own episodes that we can release periodically that are yeah. shorter than normal. But I also like the idea of like um, either at the beginning or the end of our episodes sharing like brief stories like that too. Yeah. I Whether like they're too. like um, people's suggestions. Or, that would be fun. You know what I mean? Like have people be like, maybe they give us suggestions, but they're not enough to be a whole episode. episode, yeah. That's what I'm kind of thinking about the uh, Delphi murders, the oh, down the hill. Like there were, it was about the two girls in Indiana that went missing, uh-huh. and then when they found the body, the bodies they found like cell phone video on the girls' phone of the guy. Yeah, but they've only ever released a tiny bit of footage, and there's so much more to it, but it's not enough to talk about for. 40 minutes yeah but it's so damn crazy so i want to like kind of find episodes what we should do is we should should just compile all of the small thoughts that we have that we want to talk about and just hash them out in one episode of us just talking over each other oh that would be fun like all (laughs) of these tiny little yeah episodes like oh like remember this case no remember this case that reminds me of this case like that's what we should do that would be and then maybe we could just get it all out Maybe we'll be, like, calmed down for, like, two months. How much of that do you think would be, that reminds me of Chris Watts? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. everything always comes back to that for us for some reason. Like, I kind of want to do an episode on Lacey Peterson, but I also feel like that one's so overdone. It's but a good at the same one, time, It's a good one. It's, like, therapeutic to tell these stories yeah. because I want someone to care about what I'm saying. <laughs> and I have a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, seriously. Okay, real talk. Um, my episode, I wanted to, so rewind. We have (laughs) been keeping up on like where our listeners are from, like geographically. And I don't know what we've done. I don't know if it's like the West Cork murders or what we've done, but we have a large, nearly, I want to say a third, if not more of our downloads recently are from Ireland and the UK and places like that. It's my Irish blood calling out to my people. (laughs) Yeah, they know. (laughs) They can sense it. Yeah. So 
in seeing that, I want to continue to be able to entertain them with stories that they know. So it's fun because we have like this huge divide in our download base and it's like a huge <laughs> chunk from the United States, but then we have this huge European chunk too. So I think it's going to be really fun for us to like split doing these like worldwide episodes like yeah. one's in america on the episode and one's european so everyone gets what they want <laughs> so everybody gets to learn because it's crazy like in all of the podcasts i've listened to not many of the popular ones at least in our country and i don't know if they like overlap but like most of them are american episodes mm-hmm. like american stories american serial killers classics. and a lot of time it's because we go wow it's because it's because it is it's just the way a lot of times i feel like it's because it's you've heard it in the news and so you feel kind of connected to it or somebody you know like was around during that time and remembers it too or you heard it at a party or something yeah so i want to do like i want to i feel like we will be cultured if we learn these stories i need some culturing and there's so much of the world. Like, there's probably so many. Yeah. Like, I want to find, like, Indian Everywhere. stories and, like, like stories about, like, true crime incidents in Thailand and stuff, you know? That would be really cool. Just so that we can not stick to the same path, you know? Yeah. Do something a little different. So, that being said, the story that I found t- for our episode today is called The Disappearance of Amy Fitzpatrick. So, I have, like, a huge, like prologue to share before I even get into the case because this case is incredibly hard to research. The articles that I found are vague as hell and there really wasn't intense media coverage of the case. There was like, it did hit national news, but it feels like all of those interviews and all of those bits on TV and all of the news articles, they were all, all the same. same information over and over and over. So I tried my hardest to find some of something on the internet that was new and fresh but it was incredibly hard so what i ended up doing is utilizing sources like reddit and like threads and forums to see if there are people from ireland that have thoughts and opinions or and boy do they (laughs) no they do they have so many opinions it's so like people feel people feel very strongly about this case and i do too and i'm not gonna be like not going to tiptoe around it like I feel like by the end of the episode people will know exactly how I feel about the case yeah and I'm okay with that because but that being said like everybody just needs to know like this is my opinion based on my research it doesn't mean that I know anything at all (laughs) or whether I know what's factual and what's not so I kind of found some information on reddit um and like the comments of some of the news articles and stuff like that and i was able to find some really interesting information so let's kind of get to the beginning of the story so it's the new year for the fitzpatrick family it's 2008 and this family had moved to spain about four years earlier but they're living in like a resort town it's like there are a lot of um british and irish people living in this town even though it's in spain and then it's kind of mixed with like the Spanish population too. Okay. So it's not like they're super far from home in a way. They feel kind of like at home in their little space. Yeah. Yeah. And if that kind of makes sense. So they were kind of getting their routine in place despite being from a different country altogether. They were actually from a town outside of Dublin, Ireland. 
And the Fitzpatrick family consisted of the mom, which is Audrey, as well as her partner at the time, Dave Mahan. Audrey had two children from a previous relationship. That's 15-year-old Amy Fitzpatrick, as well as a younger son, Dean Fitzpatrick. And like, this case was so hard to research that I legitimately couldn't even figure out how old Dean was at this time. And like, I could have done the math. He's just younger. But you think like, <laughs> with cases like this, like that hit the national like headlines that they would you would be able to find this information, but somewhere, some of them are just incredibly hard, yeah. you know? So the rest of the information, not the rest, but this next chunk of information is like secondhand. This is the bit that I got from Redditor's posts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So this is from a Redditor's post called Unsolved Disappearance, The Disappearance of Amy Fitzpatrick. So friends of Amy's have been cited saying that she was not happy with her home life in Spain. She had no desire to continue living in Spain. She wanted to go home to Ireland. She wanted to be with her dad's family. And she was not, not having a good time. And there are multiple different friends that are quoted saying these things. That could be pretty typical for a teenager, though, that Mm -hmm. just moved. Yeah, it sounds reasonable to me. And who... Who would you complain to? Your friends. Your friends. So the family, like the mother, Audrey, she feels like this is being blown way out of proportion. But Amy's not going to talk to her mom about that. Yeah. Not at a, as a 15-year-old girl. Right. And even if she did, she'd get maybe what, like, okay, we'll be too, but we're here now. Exactly. So what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. I feel like it would be like a, like a fight, if anything. Like, yeah. Get over it. This is what you trying to make me feel bad? <laughs> yes. So... There's even a commenter on Reddit who claimed to know her. This person's quoted as saying, I knew Amy very well when she lived in Dublin as she was best friends with my younger sister. She had said to my sister just before she disappeared that she wanted to come home to Dublin because she did not like living in Spain. Her mother is poison and treated her and brother Dean terribly when they were children. So there's no real way for me to verify the truth of a statement like that, but it poses the interesting point that there's a good possibility that she wasn't thrilled to have moved away from her friends and family in Ireland. And now she's stuck with just the people that supposedly she doesn't love being around. Exactly. And it's kind of like, and especially it's hard enough being a 15-year-old girl Mm -hmm. and now to grow up in a place that maybe you're not extremely comfortable. And then it sounds kind of like, she didn't really love the stepdad either. Like, even home wasn't even a fun place to be. Exactly. Like, there is a comment here somewhere in my notes that I lost. Maybe I'm, like, jumping ahead of myself, but there's a comment where one of the friends said that Dave Mahan, the stepdad, made Amy's skin crawl. Like, that she made that comment herself. Mm. So, I don't know. It's like, you just don't really know, like, what the truth is here. But I'd like to think that we're going to we're going to go forward assuming that some of this is accurate because it just makes the most sense in my opinion. And they wouldn't say that if she, you would at least think her friends wouldn't make that up. Exactly. And so there's probably some truth to it. Definitely. That's how I feel. So something else that stuck out to me, which might indicate the type of home life that she had um, was from the mother of one of her friends. So this woman had been sending worrying letters to the authorities, basically saying that Amy would be better off going back to Ireland than being with Audrey, her mother, and Dave, the stepdad. See, and I feel like if it gets to the point where your friends' parents are noticing, something probably isn't great. And to it doesn't necessarily letter, mean she's being like, doesn't outright say she's being abused or anything of that sort, but 
they can already tell that she's not happy. You know what I mean? Exactly. I And typically agree. you wouldn't, like, confide in your friend's parents. You'd confide in your friends. Exactly. But if it got to the point where, like, maybe her friend was like, hey, mom, maybe we should step in. Then exactly. it's probably more than just, like... I feel like as a mom, too, you're going to be initially skeptical. Because, yeah. like, she has a teenage daughter, too. She's going to be like, yeah, okay, like... Something You're grumpy have, every day, too. Exactly. Something must have triggered it to make it feel like it was incredibly important for her to write a Say letter. something. So I actually found an excerpt from an independent.ie article, and it says, It was previously revealed that a letter was sent to the Irish Embassy in Madrid by a concerned adult friend of Amy's, Pearl Cantley, warning that Dave Mahan posed a danger to the teenager and predicting that she could disappear. Oh. Amy is scared for her own safety in terms of possible violence. My family are also at risk of threats and violence, Miss Cantley wrote. That's, like That's pretty, pretty powerful. Direct. That's not like, mm, maybe someone should look into them. It's like, no, this isn't right. Somebody needs to do something. Yes. That's how I feel. So I don't know. Audrey, the mother, adamantly denies all of this. The fact that Amy was unhappy, the comments that she would have done better off in Ireland. Um, There's even reports that Amy was like no showing to school all the time and never really wanting to be there. She says that that's not true. Um, and Why she would she admit, admit to all that though? Exactly. So it's like, I can't really take anything she's saying seriously almost because she's biased in this. Yeah. So she even says that Amy's feelings about her stepdad are not true too. So I'm like, how would she yeah, okay. know that? So I feel like we're already stepping into this with like, we know what we're thinking. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just tough. Like I have my own opinions on it and true or not, the family, Audrey and Amy included, they did have a trip to Ireland, back to Ireland, I should say, planned in February. So this is all taking place in January. They have a trip planned in February and that's just about a month away. And Amy was really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's hard. So let's kind of like reverse back to like what's going on here. Why are we even talking about this? So it's getting pretty late. It's January 1st, 2008, literally like New Year's Day. And Amy had been babysitting for one of her friends. Her friend's name was Ashley Rose. So she was babysitting Ashley's younger brother for them. I don't know why or like what they were out doing. I mean, it's New Year's. They're probably out doing something for her. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like this is like a regular thing. Thing. Like, she does this for, like, a side gig kind of thing. So, Amy... Convenient. Yeah, they they come home, and actually, Ashley lives pretty close. So, it's kind of like there are two um, cul-de-sacs, and then there's a field in between them. And there's, like, a little trail that runs through the field. And it's, like, a five to ten minute walk in between. Okay. So, they're not, like... They could walk all the way around. But why would you? But there's just that, like, shortcut. So, it makes it really quick for her. So that night, Ashley and her family gets home, and there are rumors that Amy wanted to stay the night, but Ashley's mom was like, it's a holiday, like, maybe it's good for you to spend time with your family, like, we love you and we would love for you to stay, but I think it's a good idea for you to go home on a holiday, spend time with your family, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I get, I mean, that's something that I feel like a lot of parents would do, especially, like, think if it was, like, Christmas or something, you'd be like... Maybe go, go see your mom. <laughs> yeah, go tell her you love her, you yeah. know. So Amy says goodbye to Ashley and the family, and she leaves the residence around 10 p.m. that night to walk home. So given the short walk, she should have arrived home within a few minutes, but unfortunately, she supposedly is never seen again. Somewhere during that walk is what the story mm. that breaks 
is. So there's a fairly extensive search that's mounted in order to find Amy, and it involves hundreds of people. Right off the bat, police and locals are convinced that this doesn't sound like a standard abduction case. Something's not right here. So what's surprising to me is that, like, given her age, the local police don't deem this a runaway case. Which is so surprising because a lot of times it's just like, well, give it a couple days and then we'll see. Which is crazy to me because... The first few days are the crucial. Yeah, it's so important. Like the first 72 hours or whatever is like peak time Uh to find someone. And we know like here in America, I don't know if it's like this in Ireland or in the UK or in any of these other countries, but in America, any missing girl over the age of 12 is like immediately deemed a runaway. Yeah, at least it's a thought that is had. Yeah, there's so much stereotyping involved with these types of missing person cases because there are police that, especially in urban areas, are like, I mean, do you know for a fact she didn't run away? And of course parents are like, I mean, no, I don't know. That's we don't know where she is, that's a problem. Yeah. If I knew that (laughs) Amy, I mean, based on the friend's accounts, she's like kind of like a troubled teenager. She's skipping school a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's amazing to me that they didn't like jump to that conclusion. But But it's good. Yeah, it is. In this case, they didn't, which is awesome. So even that being said, the Spanish police really struggled to come up with any leads in the case. All they had to go on was her pictures, a description of the clothes she was wearing that night, and the approximate time that she left Ashley Rose's home. Without a body, there's really no crime scene, there's no DNA, and there's definitely no murder weapon or even an indication that the murder happened, period. So it makes everything incredibly difficult. So something that I thought was interesting in my research was there was an article that kind of drew a parallel to the Madeline McCann case in the sense that we love that one, right? When Madeline McCann went missing, the Portuguese police were kind of judged pretty harshly for not closing the borders down. And, you know, in the case of Amy Fitzpatrick, you know, they didn't close the borders down either. And we know how easy it is in European countries to cross borders because they're all, or they were at least at one point, you know, members of like the European Union. Mm-hmm. They had like fairly open borders. It's not like in America, how you can literally cannot get to Canada without your passport. There are instances in the United, or I'm sorry, in Europe where it's a bit easier. It's not necessarily a requirement to there's not as many hoops to jump through mm-hmm, exactly so there are pros and cons to that so it's tough because when you have a mi- missing person like this you would think like the ultimate goal would be to like close everything down so if she did get abducted um she's at least not going to be she's confined to one place yeah it's not going to be international which mm-hmm. opens up this huge net of like makes things incredibly difficult so many possibilities at that mm-hmm. point but at the same time like you think in america like we don't close states down no. missing people either so it's like i guess i'm not necessarily judgmental it's just i wish there was a system in place mm-hmm. in america and in europe and all over the world like how can we like keep that net smaller you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just hard i feel like it's borderline impossible but So Ashley Rose, the friends whose house Amy left that night, said that she is sure that Amy had her cell phone on her that night. And it's a pretty notable phone. It's like a pink Nokia phone, (laughs) which is like, that's so 2008. My very first phone was a pink flip phone. And it would make like the clicky noise when you open and shut it. Click. 
I like, love it. It was so satisfying. Yep. I had one like that and I would open it and close it all the time, mm-hmm. just like fidgety. So she had this bright pink Nokia cell phone and Ashley Rose says that she knows that Amy had it on her. And I think the story is that she called her mom that night or she needed to text her mom or whatever the case may be. So when she left, she the, the story is that she was abducted somewhere along the route back home. Which means they would have abducted her phone with Mm-hmm. Them. That's like what you would assume, but then when police look into Amy's house, they find her pink Nokia in her bedroom, which that begs no the sense. question that maybe she made it home. Yeah, is how does Amy get from point A to point B with her cell phone, but get abducted somewhere along the route, and then her cell phone magically appears in what, her she, room? She threw it for her, through her bedroom window. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. And so I guess the difficult part here is. Does Ashley Rose know what she's talking about in this scenario? But I'd like to think that she does know that. Like, I feel like it's pretty abnormal for a teenager to go anywhere without their phone. Legitimately. Like, I would never. Like, you're not going to go babysit without your phone. So as long as she left it at mm-hmm. home, at least that's what I would think. That's kind of how I feel, too. I'm definitely leaning towards that Ashley Rose knows what she's talking about and that that's more than likely the truth, which leads me to believe that Amy went home that day. Did they ever pull her phone records to see if she was texting her mom from her house? If they did, they They haven't released that Mm -hmm. information, which really sucks. But I haven't even been able to find an article that says, we have more information than we're saying we do. We're preserving it for the case. Like, yeah, it doesn't even say, it basically says like, we have no fucking idea. That's the gist of what you get. So it's like, I hope to God they have more information but if they do, they're not letting anybody know that, which sucks sometimes, you know? It is for a good reason, but it <clears throat> it makes people like us a little frustrated. Seriously, because we want to be like these armchair investigators. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the case gets pretty decent publicity in 2008, but unfortunately, the consequence of that is that the family gets subjected to cruel hoaxes and pranks. And there are people who are claiming to be Amy and asking the family for money. There are people claiming to have Amy hostage that want money. It's fucking disgusting. Why do people do that? Like, what is the attraction there? It's like desperation for money, but it's disgusting. Like, it's gross. It's like a whole, it's like the lowest of low to, to interrupt like a grieving potentially family's life in order to exploit them for fucking money. Yeah. It's hard. So eventually the family, this part I'm kind of confused about. So all the reports say that the family ends up getting a lawyer to help them with the case. And in America, a lawyer is typically somebody who helps like defend somebody or mm-hmm. defend a case. And it kind of sounds like the way that it's talked about, like maybe he's an investigator maybe of like a, sorts. Like a PI? Yeah. So I'm not sure. That might be completely wrong. He legitimately might be a lawyer. But either way, the lawyer, whatever he may be, is investigating the case for the family. So it's kind of strange. I'm not sure like where how he comes into play completely but in august of 2008 about seven months after amy's car missing the home of the lawyer is broken into and robbed oh coincidence mm. yeah so what's I even think not. right <laughs> what's even weirder is what is stolen it's not valuables it's not checkbooks not credit cards the laptop that had all of the files and investigative information that's and transcripts you know. The laptop was stolen and Amy's pink Nokia phone. That's absolutely somebody 
covering their tracks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are the fucking chances of that? Like, that is clear, deliberate, like, that is somebody trying to cover shit up. Yeah. So that's fucking mental. You would think they would at least try to make it look like another robbery. Like, you would take roughly some stuff up and take other things. Yeah. Like, take anything you can grab just and And make it look like that was just part of it. Because I feel like you could play that off like a laptop and a phone like that could be valuable Valuables, yeah if you just took anything else valuable it wouldn't look so suspicious but they didn't decide to do that <laughs> so after this happens there are still a ton of dead ends at one point some random ass dude claiming to be holding amy hostage calls audrey demanding money from her her mom says that it sounds like the guy has an african accent which could be a legitimate accent, but that could just be somebody faking it for the theatrics of it. So obviously this turns out to be a bunch of bullshit and probably just somebody looking to exploit the family once again, but it makes the family even more convinced that she's still out there somewhere. Like they want this to be taken seriously. And it's like, come on, an African tribe, like what, an African gang, an African- They came in- they were awaiting for Pirates her in the or field. something. Yeah, like, I don't... For what? Just this random 15-year-old Irish girl? Yeah. Not even, like, from, like, an uppity family? Like, no. It doesn't add up to me. So, about a year or so after Amy's disappearance, Dean, the brother, he goes back to live with his dad and that side of the family in Ireland. And I can't really... That's fair. Yeah. I don't get any definitive answers in my research for why, but it, I think it's pretty obvious why. You know what I mean? That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. So years later, Audrey and Dave head back to Ireland as well, um, and it's allegedly because they spend all of their life savings searching for Amy and they lost their house and whatever the case may be. But I also read a report that Audrey said that this is because it makes her feel closer to Amy or something. That so, doesn't make sense if she wasn't lost there. Yeah. And like how you're, you're literally further from Amy, like physically further. Yeah. Probably. We take And so it's hard, like, this is a prime example of, like, the research is incredibly hard because you get, like, literally conflicting information in two different articles about the same case. So it's, who even knows what's true at that point, you know? Right. Are either of them true? We don't know. Yeah. So what's upsetting is, like, this is about to get even weirder than the burglary and the laptop cool it gets even weirder so there's not really any more leads in the case throughout the years amy's dad and the aunt christine have worked really hard throughout the years to try to find amy but even with that the case goes cold so there are a couple of things that make headlines throughout this time and one of them is i'm not really sure um the fact that dave mahan the stepdad stabbed amy's brother dean to death Oh, okay. Yeah. I just can't. Like, what the fuck is happening in this family? Like, what are you doing? So here's the story. Um, this is directly out of a, I think it's independent.ie article that I read. The 45-year-old has pleaded not guilty to murdering the father of one 26 May 2013, a day after the deceased interfered with his bicycle to annoy him. The twenty. What was he doing to his bike? Mm, I don't even know. I I heard like something about a water bottle or something. So it says the twenty-three-year-old received a stab wound to the abdomen outside the apartment that his mother Audrey Fitzpatrick shared with Mister Mahan at Burnell Square, North Cross. The Central Criminal Court has heard that he bled to death internally, and it gets weirder. Dave Mahan says that it was an accident and that. 
He thought the knife had just nicked Dean. Yet the prosecuting attorney made a point to note that the stab wound was so deep it hit Dean's spine and left a groove in the bone. That's just a little nick. And Just here and there. Dane Mahan says that he thinks that Dean was attempting to commit suicide by running at the knife. You Did that hold up anywhere? Did anyone even believe that? So it's funny that you say that. Technically not really, but it did bring his charges down, the evidence in general, oh, from God. murder down to manslaughter. So he was convicted and found guilty of manslaughter, which means he was negligent in some way, shape, or form that resulted because in Because he killed him! <laughs> he fucking murdered him. Okay, but I just don't get how he's saying, I thought it was a nick, but then it's also like, but he ran at me. Yeah. He ran at me and I thought I nicked his him spine. Into his oops. bones. <laughs> like, it's fucking ridiculous, dude. But he did it. Yes. Could you even... I mean, probably. But I just am trying to think of, could I... A, run fast enough that a knife could hit my spine. Or B, get the, what, the Why urge. is a knife even out in yeah. the first place over a, he messed with my bike? What? What the fuck? That doesn't so, make any sense. This is where it gets interesting, and I'm starting to kind of, like, agree with this opinion I keep reading. Some people, in, like, the comments on articles and on Reddit threads, they say that the answer to what happened to Amy is obvious. Amy Fitzpatrick very well made it home that night in Spain. This is proven by the fact that her Nokia phone is found in the bedroom. She was not picked off the street by a stranger. She's not being held captive for ransom money. Dave Mahan happened to Amy. And it seems like he's incredibly open to pulling out weapons. He happened to Amy and Dean. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's like maybe she was too stubborn, maybe he wants the mom to her to himself maybe it was sexual and we just don't know because there's no body yeah but clearly this is not a coincidence that she made comments about not liking him made comments about wanting to go home and then not only does amy disappear the brother is stabbed to death in an altercation of sorts and some people think that that altercation very well might have had something to do with amy Oh, maybe Dean has confronted Dave in this argument in the garage. Maybe he made some comment that Dave Mahan is guilty. Maybe it escalated. Maybe he said, I know you fucking did it. And Dave took out a knife and fucking stabbed him in a fit of rage. Like to me, the most reasonable answer, like what makes the most sense in the scenario is typically the correct answer like that's like a like a law in like crime you know what i mean (laughs) the most obvious answer the most reasonable answer is probably what happened and to me it's It's dave not a fucking coincidence no no that doesn't just happen both of those completely abnormal events they don't just happen to the same family it's i mean maybe but probably not it seems incredibly unlikely no yeah so I don't buy it. It honestly gets worse. So Dave Mahan goes to jail in 2016 for the manslaughter charges and really for the murder of Dean Fitzpatrick, but nobody can really say that because that's not what he was charged with. And what has Audrey, Amy's mom, 
what is her stance on this? She stands by her husband, That's Dave. disgusting. After the disappearance of her daughter and the murder of her son, she stands by Dave's side throughout all of this. So the real tragedy here, other than obviously the situation with Amy and Dean, the tragedy is Dean and Amy's father. Poor guy. Who is now left with no children with no fucking answers. And there's this quote that I found from him that says, I'm devastated over the loss of my two children. Things will never be the same since Dave Mahan came into my children's life, said said Mr. Fitzpatrick. So he's clearly on, Dave did it. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. It, This just makes me want to throw up. Like, the whole case is so circumstantial. And I'm really curious to know, like, why did they not collect evidence from the Fitzpatrick house that night? Like, or yeah. did they? And we just don't know about it. It seems like it was Dave even investigated in the disappearance of Amy because the articles I found, they don't make it feel like, like it. it. So it's like, did the Spanish police like drop the ball here? Or like, is that rude to assume? But it kind of feels like they might have. Right. Unless they're withholding information, you know, there's a real possibility that, you know, investigators do hide information to try to, like, keep people from giving false confessions and stuff. But it's like, she's gone. There's no body. And, like, what is being done about it? Like, doesn't feel like a whole lot. Yeah. And so everything I've read on, like, the people's opinion in Ireland is that I literally read a comment on Reddit that said, like, everyone in Ireland knows that Dave Mahan did it. That's, like, not a question. Yeah. Everybody knows he fucking did it. And I'm just just like, for what? How do people side that he didn't? I don't know. I think some of the argument is, like, Dave was a very active, like, person in the investigation and, like, in the But that means nothing. could be even more. A lot of times they put themselves in the front lines of the investigation so yeah. that they don't look suspicious. And what's he going to do? Like, not help when he's still like, married to eh. eh. So They'll figure it out. Some people fall back on that. Other people fall back on the fact that when Audrey and Dave got together, Dave already had, like, rental properties in Spain. And when they moved to Spain, that was kind of their business. And that he literally lost all of those properties. They lost all of their money. They like completely empty yeah. their savings accounts. Any murderer would usually risk it all to cover them themselves. Yeah. What's the alternative? Jail forever? Yeah. So that's like some of the argument that I've seen. Other people just say like maybe they don't not think he did it, but they just don't feel like it's there's like they should comfortably much, say mm-hmm, there's yes, too much he did. circumstance involved that they're like that's too I don't know what the word would be like too um controversial Mm. to like make an opinion on but i feel pretty confident going on live (laughs) my live podcast saying dave mahan fucking killed amy and dean for sure i'll I'll jump on that premeditated probably oh yeah so maybe maybe not not. dean (laughs) we both did the same hand thing maybe not dean but definitely amy yeah i wonder if maybe dean saw something that night that's what i've read like in the comments on shit I read that people have said, like... But he was too young to really know what... Mm-hmm. I wish I knew. I'm sure I could have figured it out if oh I just my did the God. math. I almost just asked if anyone has ever entered, like, nowadays has... No, no. I don't think they have recently. I don't no. think Dean's been interviewed. That would be incredibly <laughs> impressive. Yeah, I think it would be. Isn't that fucked up, though? Yeah, it is. I, I don't like it. Frustrating. What a nasty... And 
I think the worst part to me, I mean, yeah, the murders, but the mom standing by him, you should always pick your kids. You know what I mean? Always. Always. Not. It feels like it's so. And maybe she's just in denial so bad. But fuck you. Like, get over it. Like, listen to the people and look at what makes sense. Like, yeah. And I, like, seriously, like... It's pretty selfish, I feel it's, like. It does feel selfish. And it's really hard, like, obviously we're on the outside, and, like, I, I just said fuck you to her, basically. Well, I don't know her life. I stand by it. But what else are we supposed to think? Especially when she contradicts, like, everything that the friends say. And it's kind of like... Yeah. I feel like if you anything, can't... you would be like, oh, wow, like, if that is how she felt, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. feel like she felt that way. I don't know how I was supposed to know that because she didn't fucking tell me. But to like blatantly be like, that's not true. None of that's true. Yeah, and to maybe even be like, yeah, my daughter was having issues with this. She wasn't like adjusting well. Maybe, you know, this happened or maybe she met some bad people. To like even try to justify it that way instead of just being like, nope, we're happy as can be. This is a good family. We love each other. The end. It's just somebody else is to blame, you know. It's so unrealistic, and I feel like I guess grief does like fucked up things. But yeah, I draw the line at the Dean Fitzpatrick incident. No, yeah, like I can, I can maybe see not wanting to believe that your husband had anything to do with your daughter going missing, especially with no and real what evidence. You, yeah, no what if you have no evidence? You may just like. What are you supposed to do? Just assume he's a monster, even though yeah. nothing has led you to believe. And that what he if is? he isn't? And then you just. And you're just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, but then to accidentally nick your, my child's spine with him running at me because we were mad about a bike. That's just stupid. It's the stupidest thing I've probably ever heard. Like. I feel like I cannot believe they even lowered his charges mm-hmm. because that doesn't happen. That's not real life. Doesn't happen. No. Doesn't that make you feel irked? Because I feel <laughs> irked. Irk. So irked. I feel the most. Yeah. <sighs> Is your case going to infuriate me too? Um, no, because there's like a, an answer. Oh. It's infuriating as in like, for what? No, oh, those are, those make me irked too. Oh, I'm about to get you real irked then. Uh, okay, I I'm like, ready. Um, we both picked 2008 cases on accident. Oh, that's kind of funny. Go it's back. almost like a theme, but not really. But not theme, really. Because mine's across the world from yours, yeah. I think. Mine's a good old USA. All right. What, um, uh, what am I trying to say? What state? New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Yep. Yeah. Um, I would like everybody to know. No. I want everyone no. that's listening to know no. that while Jenna was doing the notes for this case, she <laughs> paused briefly as if she wanted to ask me something, and then she said, never mind. And I said, no, now you have to tell me. And she goes, I wanted to ask if you know if New Hampshire is a state or not. <laughs> Thank you for that. Jenna. Now I feel really confident. <laughs> Start Ready not, to go. Starting off strong. Okay. Okay. And we also picked cases about teenage girls. Oh, interesting. We did have a theme. Uh, yeah. She An was... spoken theme. 16. So, like, close in age. age. Yeah. Damn. She was... Well, I'll give you her name. Okay. She <laughs> her name's was. Megan. Megan Landowski. Megan Landowski. And this case also was pretty hard to research. I was able to find, like... The only reason I know about it is because I watched an episode of Unusual Suspects. 
Mm. And what's that on? Nah, Hulu. <laughs> nah, Hulu. <laughs> it's on Hulu because I love Hulu. I love um, Hulu too. I wish I didn't have ads though. Do you but, have ads? Uh uh-uh. You don't? I don't think so. Ads. Unless I just don't notice. I don't think I do. I think I'm a, just a spoiled brat and I'm like, oh, 30 seconds of commercial? What is this? No, I don't think I have ads. I don't know. Put me on your account. It's not even mine, it's my sister's. <laughs> oh, okay. Shout out to Caitlin. Okay, okay. Cool. Um, yes. And then other than that episode, I found like one interview on NBC mm-hmm. with the family and stuff like that. And they, it was like a kind of like a documentary on it, but it wasn't really anything new. Mm-hmm. It was a lot okay. of the same interviews you That's could tell because they were wearing the same outfits in the Oh, so it was like literally the, the same. Exact yeah, same. it was just like somebody else telling the backstory. You know, when they have the narrator come in and like mm-hmm. on this day. Yeah, yeah, it was like a different person doing that, but a lot of the clips of the interviews were the same. That kind of sucks. And then like, it doesn't I, give you anything. There wasn't even a Wikipedia page on this one. That's impressive because yeah. you can Google certain names, and even though it's only three sentences, it's still a page. Yeah, there wasn't one on this one. Damn. And like, I found a couple people like you because I like to look at. YouTube a lot mm-hmm. and watch other people like tell what their research was and none of them were legit. You couldn't find any like because there's a lot of like true crime YouTubers. Yeah, definitely. None of them. There was like one person that did one on this one and every time I tried to go to it, it was like this does not exist anymore. And I was like oh, okay. Cool. Helpful. So this is a lot of um, just those two videos I found put into my words. Okay, deal. <laughs> so that's what we've got. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about Megan. She was a happy, energetic, and cute little 16-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. She was living in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. She was extremely talented. She was a dancer, and she would go to this high school that was, like, for talented kids. Oh, like, like an art school? Yeah, like an art school. Oh, That's okay. a good way to put it. I put musically inclined school. <laughs> While not incorrect. <laughs> Maybe doesn't, could just put art doesn't school. Doesn't just flow right off the tongue. No. <laughs> School for kids that like the songs and are good at doing things with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's yep. what should be on the sign. Yep. I like it. I like it so she goes to this school, and a lot of people will always describe her as, like, the light in the room, like, Aww. will make you smile, makes your day better. People will never say that about me. They'll <laughs> be like, there was a darkness inside of her. <laughs> there was this hole, a black hole on the couch. Uh-huh. She just... Sucked everyone's energy. <laughs> she sucked everyone's energy. That's me. <laughs> I like that. Rest in hell. <laughs> Rest in hell. Well, anyways. If it's if it's, you know. I'm putting that on your gravestone. Oh, sorry, everybody. We have to take a really, really brief intermission, so I will be right back. Okay, sorry about that, everybody. We're going to cut that real, real good pause out and yeah. get back into it. Let's All go. All right. Okay, Megan. Okay. So Megan was living at home with her mom and her stepdad, Chris, and Chris was um, in the Navy, the U.S. Navy. Oh, okay. I think he did something like the medical side of it, like Mm -hmm. in the hospital or something. I'm not 100% sure, but that's what he did. And they kind of noticed that Megan was starting to draw back and change. She wasn't this super outgoing, active dancer. She was like big into ballet. She wasn't really that girl anymore interesting she was, was starting like to draw back or something like, what was that was it just like her adolescence like oh just like I don't a classic know. So teenager she starts her grades start slipping which is very abnormal for her and she kind of 
she has two friend groups. She has the friends that she has at her school, which are all the like artsy, yeah. artsy musical like go getter kids, mm-hmm. and then she has like all of her neighborhood friends. Okay, and they noticed she was kind of starting to hang out with some of her friends that maybe weren't doing the best things. Okay, and like she was getting crowd. into she was starting to get into pot, but like. That doesn't make Who you a doesn't? bad kid. You yeah, know what I mean? Not at all. But that is concerning for her parents because that's not normal for her. Mm-hmm. And so they end up transferring her out of that school and back into her like regular public high school. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really help. I feel like that could almost make it worse. Right. You know. But that's what she wanted. She wanted oh, okay, to go to school okay. with her friends that are living by her. Like, mm-hmm. I, She did have people that live by her for the other school, but she wanted to go to school with the public school kids. Okay, that makes sense. And it didn't really do the trick. She's still not happy. She's still not acting right. And her parents start to get frustrated, which is fair. But also, like, I feel like a lot of times when you start pushing back on that... It gets worse. You almost, like, withdraw some yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And she she was just not opening up to them. And finally, Chris, the stepdad, got, like, mad and was like... He normally was, like, really good to her. Like, they had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if you don't just tell me what's going on, I'm going to be, like, not be you. But, like, she, he's like, yeah. well, we're going to do something about it. Like, this is not okay. You need to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And this is where it starts to get bad. Okay. So then she starts talking to him, and she's uncomfortable talking to him about it. But she has to confess to him that his best friend, who was also in the Navy, and their families were best friends. They would barbecue. She was friends with his kids. Mm-hmm. he was sexually assaulting her. Oh, God. And so it's kind of like, she didn't want to tell him probably, because that's scary, you know? Yeah, that's terrifying. And a lot of people don't say anything until they're ready to say something. Yeah. And now she's feeling Pressure. pushed into saying something. But also she has to break it that it's his best, best friend. friend is the one doing it. Ooh. So it's just kind of like... It's not a... It's, it's one thing if it's a stranger or it's one thing if it's somebody like at school or like a teacher or somebody unrelated to the family, but to have to tell your own family that somebody that they trust and that they know and that they is doing this to her. So with that, they freak out, obviously, and not like at her, yeah, but at the situation and they're going to press charges against him and they're, they're going to go through with that. Mm-hmm. So in this time frame. They're in the midst of this, like, whole prosecution, Legal. trial. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, like, this guy is in the Navy. He's going to lose his job. He has a reputation to uphold. He's going to lose his, probably his wife, oh, if she yeah. finds out, like, he's sexually... And at the time, she was 15. So, that's Jeez. young. Like, that's not a almost an adult. That's still no. a kid. No, no. So, no. like, you would think he would lose his wife. He would lose his four daughters that mm-hmm. he has. And he's obviously going to lose his job, his yeah. retirement, his... Probably his friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His whole... Everything Life. he has, he's gonna, and he's going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. So she's undergoing, like, a lot of stress. Yeah. More than a typical teenager would. And this one particular day, it was April 10th, 2008, and she comes home from school, like a normal day. She starts making lunch. She calls her mom. Her mom doesn't answer, but she leaves a voicemail. She's kind of just like, hey, mom, I made it home from school. Like, I, I took my biology test. It 
was harder than I expected, but I don't think it was so bad. Like, just yeah. a regular, like... Just, like, venting and, like, yeah, cheering. Like, okay, love you, bye. And then hangs up the phone, and everyone keeps going about their day. Parents are going to come home from work in a little bit. And yeah. It'll be just another another day. Except for Chris comes home first, and then he finds Megan on the floor in their... I think it's, like, in their kitchen living room, because they have a two-story home. Oh, okay. And he finds her laying in, like, the main level, and she is brutally stabbed Jeez. to death laying in a pool of her own blood she's naked from the waist down oh and her God. hands are like bound behind her back with tape oh so that's a night that's yeah like, a, like straight out of a nightmare right and they call the, the cops obviously and they come and they they look at the scene what do we have mm-hmm. was this somebody like a stranger that broke in like was it somebody on. that knew her was what do we have to look at and they realize that two of the knives from the knife block are missing mm-hmm. one of them they find in the kitchen sink and it's been washed off of all the blood and everything like that mm-hmm. they find that they find out that the tape that was used to bind her did not come from within the home mm-hmm. so someone came with the tape mm-hmm. and then they find and this is really important in her blood there were many footprints oh. all over it was yeah. like they described it in a way that was like it was almost like somebody was doing a dance really like there was just so much Jesus. going on there and um they're trying to look for where maybe that came like where the person came from did they break in there's no signs of like forced entry like nobody broke down a door broke a window or anything mm-hmm. but they do see a window and I believe it was like the kitchen window or like right off in the living room. It's kind of a connected area. Mm-hmm. That window was open just a bit and there was a leaf inside. So, so it was like, feel like it was tracked in, came in and they look and it was from the bushes directly outside the window. Yeah. So that's pretty clear. So they're, they're pretty sure at this point that somebody came in through that window and attacked her. Yeah. And then when it comes to DNA found on the scene, they found obviously a lot of Megan's blood and then foreign blood so it would have been the killer's blood Mm -hmm. and then semen because she was sexually assaulted and so they don't have a ton more to go off of yeah because you know you run that stuff through the system and like you don't get a match just yeah it doesn't like that that's not not how that it's not like csi it's not like (laughs) you type it in and all of a sudden a name pops up robert jones and it's not quick either it takes weeks to months sometimes too Mm mm-hmm so, obviously, first stop is going to be Robert Hickey, which mm-hmm. is the U.S. Navy officer that is friends with Chris, mm-hmm. that was sexually assaulting, sexually assaulting her and was about to lose it all if she were to live and testify. Yeah. So, they look into him a lot, obviously, right off the bat, and they go to check his alibi. They start questioning him, and he starts acting like he's actually upset that she died, like... He's acting more like he lost a lover, which is disgusting. Yeah, that is fucking gross. It's gross. Like, he's like crying. Like, he's sad about it. Like, oh my fucking this like, dude. Yeah. Seriously, fuck this dude. And they go to check his alibi. He's like, no, I was at work all day. Like, that was not me. And they look at the video footage, and they see that during that time frame, his truck never left what? his work. He, his truck was at work, and you know they have cameras all over. He like, yeah, it's a military military base. base. He he didn't leave. 
okay, what the hell? And he gives a DNA sample willingly, and they run it, and it's not a match. It was not him. He didn't do it. What? And it's like, you almost wish it was him, because then it's like, that's the sense. answer. Like, case Done, closed, you know? go to prison, murderer. But now at this point, yeah, either way, but now, because she's gone, now there's no case for oh, that. no. So he, in a disgusting way, he got, I don't want to say lucky, but... He did. He did. Because now he has nothing to, no case against the other stuff, so he just gets Because it would have been off, kind of you know? her word against his, and now she's not here. Yeah, so she doesn't have a word to give. What? Yeah. And so... I believe he ends up actually getting discharged, not honorably. Yeah, just for the whole fucking shit show. Yeah. yeah. But still, there's no way to prove that he ever did anything. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. So he kind of just gets to go on and live his life. And sure, maybe his reputation's ruined, but it could have gotten a lot worse for him. Oh, yeah. Um. So now they're like, okay, who do we look for? Who's who, left? Like- who could have done this? Who else had something to gain from this? Yeah. And obviously they bring in, they did really good. They, they were invested. They being the police, mm-hmm. they had made a promise. Like we will solve this. Yeah. Because I believe it was like the NCIS that were looking into her, um, sexual assault trial mm-hmm. with Robert he- Hickey, <laughs> Robert Hickey. Mm-hmm. They were the same ones that were going to start looking into her murder. So they already knew her. Yeah. So they almost took it kind of personal. Absolutely. Where, like, they know this girl. They feel grieved by this loss. Like, they Mm -hmm. want to know the answers. So they really did their due diligence in getting this case solved. But this is... You know how I said I was going to irk you? Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be irk and irk and irk and irk. Seriously? I'm already irked. So It doesn't sound like a word anymore because we've said it three times. So... They immediately start looking to the people closest to her, because that's where you gotta start. Always start in. So they start looking into her best friend, who I want to say was, like, her next-door neighbor. And they look into her, they bring her in for questioning, and they give her a polygraph. Mm -hmm. And she fails. What? She fails the polygraph. Her best friend fails the polygraph. And... They're like, this is not right. You would think that that would not be the case here. Yeah. And they start showing her pictures of the the scene, which, like, can you imagine? Like, if I were to die and people were to show you my yeah, what's the photos, fuck? I would that's be trauma. traumatized. Yeah. So they start showing her those kinds of pictures, and they're like, do you recognize this? Like, do you recognize these footprints? Mm-hmm. And her whole like demeanor changes, and she was like, yeah, I think I do. And so it turns out those footprints are Air Force Ones. It's the type of shoe Mm -hmm. that they were. And she's like, my brother has those shoes. (gasps) Yeah. What? Yeah. And she tells him, like, I don't know what happened, but I know my brother has those shoes in that size. Yeah. (laughs) So she ends up being ruled out for some other reason. I don't know how she failed the polygraph. Maybe it was just an error. But it wasn't her. Well, and with polygraphs, they ask you these really vague questions where they say things like, like, a lot of times they'll say, do you know what caused her death? Like, they'll say weird stuff. And it's like, I mean, yes and no. Yeah. It can be like four questions and it'll be like, do you have anything to do with her death? And Mm -hmm. then they say no. And that's like, 
do you know of anybody that had something to do with her death? And so it's like, it can be a matter of like how the question is worded. And maybe she, at this point, who knows if Robert Hickey was ruled out mm-hmm. for sure. And so, maybe timeline, she so maybe thought she... it was him. Like, yeah, who knows? It's super weird because, and sometimes people can, I've heard that you can even fail based on like, like if you get this idea of like you, like the Robert Hickey situation, you get this idea of like that you do know what happened. Because in your brain, you want to rationalize that that is what happened. Yeah. So you almost trick yourself into thinking that's the yeah, truth. Sometimes I've read that, like, the weird. that's why polygraphs aren't admissible. It's because they're like, not really... wacky shit can mess them up. So. Yeah. Hmm. It's a weird science, and I don't know. I, I want to learn love... more about it. Yeah, that'd be really cool. But, yeah, it's crazy. So they start looking into the brother, and it's her younger brother by a year. So how and old is he, do you know? So if they were 15, 16, he would have probably been, like, 14. Mm, okay. or 13 or 14 probably he's like a year younger yeah um he does have those shoes they do match and they they start bringing him in for questioning mm-hmm. and he would like hang out with the two of them all the time like he mm-hmm. and it was said that he maybe even like had a little crush on her and like maybe he was a little bit awkward mm-hmm. and they they bring him in and start asking him kind of like pretty direct questions like do you know what you were doing that night? And he'd be like, I don't think so. And it'd be like, or like they'd ask him like, where were you? And he'd be like, I don't know what time. And it like wouldn't match up with the questions they were asking. The answers didn't really make sense. Right. And so they were like off the bat, like this guy's sketchy. Like Like, this doesn't make sense. He's not answering questions in even the same context that they're being asked. Yeah. And it turns out he actually just had a learning disability. And that's why. Yeah. Because he didn't actually fully understand what he was being asked. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, I think they end up testing his shoes or something like that. And he ends up being ruled out because there's no trace of blood on them. And, like, nothing is tying him. So many people have Air Force Ones. That doesn't mean he murdered her. And if it doesn't have blood. And with that amount of, like, footprints, they would It'll have somewhere on them. In can't... the crevices or something. Yeah. Especially if he has a learning disability. Like, you know what I mean? Like... I feel like you wouldn't be able to cover it up, right? I mean, maybe. I don't know the details of it, but basically that went nowhere also. What the fuck? Wasn't him. So So it wasn't the rapist. It wasn't the best friend. It wasn't the best friend's brother. And so then they they look into the ex-boyfriend. Oh. And he was two years older than Megan. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if, like, maybe her parents didn't love the idea of them being together mm-hmm. or if what the reason was, but she ended up breaking things off with him. Interesting. And they bring him in for questioning, and he is acting off. And he, like, hysterics. Like, oh, God. crying. And he kept repeating. And in one of the shows that I was watching... It shows, like, clips of his interview. Yeah. And he kept just saying, like, I loved her to death. I loved her to death. Which is, like, that's weird to say weird when to she say. is dead. I loved her to death. Loved her to death. I loved her to death. was dead? Like, yeah. are you stupid? Yeah. And so he starts, like, acting just, like, not right. But he's still swearing up and down that he's innocent. He didn't do anything. And he would go on to say, like, oh, she was... I loved her to death. She was like an angel. She was a light in the room, like just weird, weirdly upset. And then he starts throwing up. Probably because he's fucking guilty. You want to think that, right? Yeah. 
And then he gives a DNA test. And, it and it's not a match. What the fuck, Jenna? Is <laughs> it's, it's not a match. Okay. And it turns out the reason he was reacting in the way that he was was because A, he was genuinely like grieving. Yeah. And B, he thought he was being pulled into there for something else. Because oh, I man. guess he was running like an illegal like copper business of some sort. Yeah. Like, that he had going on and he thought he was in trouble for that. It was and so he thought he was gonna get in trouble for that. So he was all upset thinking he was gonna be arrested for something else. Oh but also he was God. really distraught over his ex girlfriend that he genuinely loved. So he all that murdered. was true. He, yeah. he was just being honest. Yeah. He just reacted in a way that they didn't expect. Right. But he's innocent. It was not him. It did not match. Yeah. And so at this point they they decide to do this test on the DNA that they found mm-hmm. that I guess isn't common that they always do it, but it helps build like a profile mm-hmm. and it's almost like the ancestry kind of thing yeah. where it shows they can build like a person kind of. Yeah. So they run that DNA through that test and why don't they find out what the person who did this would identify as African-American. What? So everyone they've looked at, Obviously, it just gets crossed right off the list. So now it's just like, there's just no one on the list. Yeah. There's no one left on the list. Yep. Because it doesn't match any of the people that they had in mind. Oh, my. And they're like... I am definitely irked right now. Yeah, and they're like, now who? Because we have no suspects that fit that profile. And it's just like another dead end. Yeah. And so they start looking into more of the people she had interactions with maybe outside of her close close friends but like yeah just anyone else she may have known yeah and i guess she was involved in this youth center and i think it was through the like the military base of mm-hmm. some sort and i'm not sure really what they did there or what the purpose of this youth center was i never attended a youth center right but i guess there, she had a counselor there that took a, a liking to her and they go in and they've asked people, like, did you think their relationship was, like, normal or, like, was it anything inappropriate? And they're like, no, I mean, he just really favored her, though. He really did. And he was African-American. And he was a bit older. Yeah. And so there were kind of, like, rumors. I don't know if any of it was true, so I can't stick to that, that maybe he, like, had it in for Megan. Like, oh, she was Like a fantasy or yeah. something. And... He, when they try talking to him, he is not cooperative. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they're, like, they're, he's almost annoyed that they're asking her, like, asking him about her. Yeah. Which you would think, if that was, like, your favorite You would be like, person, oh, God, like, like, what can I do? How can I help? Yeah. And they'll sit here for hours. They are not liking the way that he's talking to them. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, really seems like he doesn't want to be there. And then they ask him, can you give us a DNA sample? And he said, no. <gasps> I won't do it. I'm not going to do it. Motherfucker. Yeah. So at this point, they're like, mm, this is a pretty big red flag. This guy's got to have something to do with it or at least know something. Mm-hmm. So this is where I'm kind of fuzzy and I don't know how legal this is or if this is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was seeing that they took a swab from his door handle of his oh, car. Oh, yep. They do that. Is that legal? Yes. Yes. 
they're like they'll even go so in the not to like change subject but in the golden state killer you know how they were using genetic genealogy to Mm -hmm. at least narrow down their pool of suspects so they used genealogy to narrow it down in that case to like seven or eight people and then they would ask them if they could get swabs Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and a lot of the family that was related to him they would give swabs but then once they started getting closer and closer to who they thought it was, they didn't want to tip him off. Mm. So instead of getting a swab and asking him for it, they just waited outside his house until they put the garbage out. Oh, they right. Took his garbage and opened it and tried to get DNA off of it. They do it in um, in other ways too. It feels almost not right. I know it's hard because it's like that gray area of like, you discarded it you discarded yeah but are you discarding your dna by using your hands to get in your car yeah kind of like willingly you know what i mean yeah it's kind of weird with the car situation because it's like property almost yeah but i don't think so either way that's what they did that's what they did yeah whether it was or not i mean it would have to be or wouldn't hold up in court right right? so they they run that through Mm -hmm. it's not a match what? It's not a match. This story, I don't want it anymore. It's Are you making irked? me mad. Yeah. Okay. The whole time I was watching, I was like, oh, there, there's the one. Are you fucking kidding me? That's not the one. That's insane. There was another one. And then every time I'm like, they did it. They did it. Oh, no. Imagine the cool. Pol- like, seriously, like, we're just sitting here and, like, sharing a story about this. But this was months of Imagine hard work. fucking police. Like, I would be, like, banging my head on my desk. Legitimately, like. Somebody match this person. Yeah. So at this point, they just don't really know what else to do. Yeah. And this part actually happened like way back in my story. I just didn't say it earlier, but we're going to jump back. Okay. So they actually recorded. This is just kind of a fun fact. They recorded during one of the memorial services. And guess who showed up at her memorial? Who? Robert Hickey. Hmm. Just in case we want to talk about how much we hate him again. He shows up at her memorial. Yeah. This dude. What a fuck. He is a fuck. Like, there's no other way to put that. Like, I'm sorry for being so vulgar all the time, but there are just people on this planet that there are no better words for than vulgarity. Like, they just don't deserve me to say your name change. And even, like, go around and be like, he was a really bad guy. No, fuck him. Yeah. I feel very adamantly about that. Yeah, it's just gross. But where I was going with that, I just, I also wanted to tell you, but where I was going with that was they were talking to a lot of people that attended a lot of these memorials or Because mm-hmm. a lot searches, of times you know, the people searches, well, not searches, searches. Yeah, but they were talking to a lot of these people that were like, <laughs> it's really hard to find her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to ignore that. I'm sorry. Um, Cut that out. Cut <laughs> that part out. Oh, Lord. My brain's working at 4% today. <laughs> Okay, so they can get they're this. talking to the community and they had a lot of recordings and they had placed like a fake grave, I think, that <gasps> I had a recording and audio in it. But they talked to this one person, I think it's like a kind of an anonymous tip. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hey, you should you should talk to the bus driver again. Her school bus driver. Oh. And so they do. And they're like, Well, we have talked to every kid that rode her bus. And this is the bus that she rode. Um, before she switched to public school, so it was to her <laughs> her old school. her music school her music school. We're not going on that again, but um, they're like we've talked to everyone. It turns out they have talked to everyone except for one kid. Really, they didn't even 
His name was never brought up until they went back and talked to the bus driver. So they start talking to this kid. Um, they, his name is Robert Barnes Mm -hmm. and they, they find this kid and they don't know how they got skipped over, Mm -hmm. but it was mostly just because he was kind of just quiet. Didn't really talk to anyone to himself. Call attention to himself. Yeah. And he, him and Megan sat by each other on the bus a lot and would sometimes hang out after school. But Which not frequently. Him, but yeah. I guess that shit happens. But not not frequently enough that they were like best friends or anything yeah. like that. And they, they come to the school and they start asking him questions. He's super nice and he's like a violinist at the school. Yeah. And him and Megan have worked together on projects. Like yeah. he would play music while she would dance. Mm-hmm. And like they just were pretty close friends. Yeah, like good classmates. Yeah. They were they just got along well. And um they start asking him kind of like what did you know about Megan? What have you heard? Like, do you know anything? And he was super cooperative, super nice. And they asked him, like, hey, can we maybe just get a DNA sample? Because he is African-American. Mm-hmm. And he knew Megan, and they just basically asked everyone for one. Yeah, at this point. And he was like, you know, like, I would, I feel like my mom would get mad at me. So I need to talk to her first and see if she's okay with it. Hmm. And they're like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But... I mean, fair. But he's, he's a kid. He's young. He's a kid. I would probably do the same I thing. I think I would probably say something like that that young. I would say no, because I watched Dateline since I was, like, <laughs> 10. I'd be like, absolutely not. What do you want with it? Yeah. <laughs> Am I being investigated? So I would say I would no. panic. But even if, I, even if I didn't do that stuff, I feel like I would be like, I think my dad's Maybe I should ask my parents first. Uh-huh. So they're like, okay, whatever, but we're still going to put a pin on that kid. Yeah. And then they come back to the school, I think, like, a couple days later, and they're like, hey, did you get a chance to talk to your mom yet? Like, have you decided if you would give us that sample? And he was like, no, I didn't talk to her about it, but can I just give you this gum that's in my mouth? Does that count? And he was like, yes, you can give it. (laughs) Spit it out. (laughs) So they take it, they send it off, and there you go. What do, you, what do you think? It's not. It's not a match. What the fuck? It's not a match. So at this point, they're like, what the fuck? Like, who did it? And then the investigators get a call. And it's like, hey, we need you to come talk to the people down in the lab, like, right now. Like, right now. We have mm-hmm. to talk to you. They get there, and it turns out the sample that he gave came back female. What? And that does not make sense because he is not a female. Turns out Mr. Robert Barnes did a little switcheroo <gasps> and gave him somebody else's gum. What? To avoid giving his DNA, to like tamper with it. What? He found somebody else's gum and gave it to him. Why would he? Oh my. Yeah. Why would you have. I guess the in, in my mind, what I'm thinking right now is, as an investigator, if he just pulled gum out of his out of his pocket, I feel like maybe you should be like tipped off to the fact that who has See, gum. But in I pocket? think he was chewing gum, but I think he like pulled some tricky maneuver and switched it with a different gum. Oh, and gave them like maybe he was like, let me go get a napkin real quick, or maybe he had one in his pocket. Could be had one in his mouth, went to pull it out, switched them, and literally put the other one in. 
something like that. But he definitely gave them somebody else's gum. And had he just picked a boy's gum, he probably would have been fine. He probably could have gotten away with it. Because they're not going to take the time to run it for its, like, demographic. No. They will definitely trigger, like, male or female, but that's it. Yeah. What the hell? So, now they know this kid's got something tied. Yeah. And it's his DNA. Mm-hmm. But why? Mm-hmm. Like, why would he? Why would he do that if he didn't have anything do to do with it? it? So they pull him in for questioning, and his mom comes with him, mm-hmm. and they kind of start asking him, like, what happened? Like, what happened that night? And they end up running his DNA, and it it is a match. Mm-hmm. It was him. And do you want to know the story that this boy gave? Please fucking tell me. He says. He says. That he goes over to Megan's house that day because they had plans to hang out after school that day. Okay, but you broke in through the fucking window, but whatever. But he knocked on the door and rang the doorbell for a few minutes and nobody answered. So he just went through the window. That's fucking Because do. you don't do that with your, like, acquaintances or even, like, I, I wouldn't do that to you. No, even. that's fucking weird. Yeah. And you'd scare the shit out of me and I'd, like, punch you in the face on accident. not stab me. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So he says, like, so I just walked in... Th- through the window because she didn't answer the door uh-huh. but we had plans so i was okay to be there like, uh-huh. that's not how that works first of all but then he says that megan is upstairs and says to him like come upstairs and that he walks upstairs and there is a man with a mask on the bed and a gun and he commands him to, i'm sorry to tape up megan Sexually assault her, and then kill her, and then yeah. lets him run, mm-hmm. and says, "If you tell anything to anyone, I'll kill you and your family." So that's why I haven't said anything. Yes, that that's that must a, be it. that's what happened. What? And then you even see in the interview, like they are like, "Hey, what did this guy look like?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know. He had a mask on." And I'm like, "What? Anything kind? else? Like any description? How tall was he? Color was hair?" What color, you know? Yeah. And he was, like... Giving him any opportunity to... He literally described exactly the man that was interrogating him. He was like, oh, he was about... Insert his height. He was blonde. He had blue eyes. Just exactly what the guy that was asking him questions looked like. And the guy was like, uh-huh. And then he's like, what did his gun look like? And he goes, oh, I, don't, I don't really know anything about guns. It was black. And that's what he said. He said, he said that. Exactly. He's like... It was black. And he's like, okay, but was it like like a shotgun? Was it like a was it like a cowboy gun? Was it short? Yeah, and he was like, it looks like the gun you have. Dude. Like, you're not smart. That is too fucking much for me. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't even mention the other knife that wasn't in the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. They found it in the storm drain a oh. couple blocks down. Oh, so he just chucked, chucked it. it into the drain. And he says, this is what he literally says. Not only does he make me assault her, kill her, do all these things, he then makes him, that he literally comes up with this stupid whack story mm-hmm. that puts his DNA in all the places that it was found it. so that, to cover his tracks. So he's like, and then he made me stick out my finger so he could cut it so that he could put my blood in her blood so that my DNA would be there. And then he told me I had to drop off the knife in the gutter in the storm drain and then he told me that i had to no he didn't you are just making up for every fuck up you made literally 
you're just coming up with a backstory to blame somebody else for everything you did wrong. That's disgusting. And it was just, <laughs> it made my mind like, that is not who you would think did it, like just one of her classmates. No, and what a, like, it's so, it's so sad, like, for her to have this, like, really traumatic adolescence and to be really abused. And going through some shit. Yeah, and to be taken, like, like, to have to deal with a trial and to have to deal with all this stuff and, mm-hmm. and probably being embarrassed and ashamed and all this. And then to have this happen, too, yeah. by somebody that you are friends with and that you probably kind of trust them a little bit mm-hmm. and you look up to them. And then what a traumatic, like, end to your life. Right. It's just... It's just... Unnecessary is the only word I can think of. And once they have him in custody and they're able to, like, search through his stuff to see, like, what kind of person was he really? Yeah. Because everyone described him as, like, normal, like, sweet little, like, super, like, he achieved so much at this age. He was intelligent. He had everything going for him like people even said he was going to go to Juilliard yeah like he was doing everything right it seemed it seemed like but they look into his computer and like if that doesn't really expose who you are as a person then I think that's the way to do it if Mm -hmm. you want to find out who someone really is yep and they found like he had this nasty dirty fantasy of people being raped and, like, that's, like, something he, like, really just was into for that's some disgusting, disgusting reason. I can't even understand Wait that. until you hear this part. Okay. You want to know what he did? Hmm. He took an actual news clipping, like, news article about this old lady that was, like, raped and killed. Like, an old lady. And he photoshopped his own photo <gasps> into, like, the guilty section. Ew. Like, what a weirdo. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I'm sorry. That's not right. No. And so in September of 2009, he pled guilty to first degree murder, attempted rape, aggravated sexual battery, abduction, and statutory burglary. And he is sentenced 148 years with all but 42 suspended. So basically, he's just. Yeah. Like, life and He got what he deserved. You know what I mean? But, like, that case was just so, like, one thing after another thing after another thing. And, and I was, like, poor family to have to yeah. be, have to reconcile with the fact that, like, your daughter was killed for basically nothing by a fucking monster after she was already abused by a fucking Another monster. monster. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a parent, like, and it, it's nothing against them, but I feel like you would feel so fucking guilty like no yeah and it's nothing that they did no no but you would feel like you should have done something and that's what would suck it would ruin me like wreck you to the core like i don't know if i could even like continue yeah that's so much that's like and i don't even know if they have any other kids i it seemed like they were never mentioned so like she may Mm -hmm. have been like an only child it's like dad like that's not that like it would be any better if you had other kids but yeah to have like your one child just like go through so much and when i hear stuff like that i like put myself in their shoes and i'm just like i know with like my mental state like i couldn't handle oh my god i could never ever no that is fucked up and that's so sad it's like just like you said like both of our stories are like teenage girls like they have their whole lives ahead of them 
and then for them to be taken and like in both cases like my for somebody else's like gain like what did you gain that was worth like sorry you're fucking weird yeah like that's anybody's fault but your own for being fucking weird right like and to make people suffer ugh that's just so heavy it's like and I saw, I don't know any of the details because I didn't look into it too much. Yeah. But a couple years after, like in 2012, he tried to like, I think appeal or whatever you do at that point to try to erase his guilty sentence. Yeah, he can, he can. He's like, I'm not the same. I, I was a kid. I'm not the same person or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, at that point, you rock. do not deserve to be in society ever. No, you're a danger. Mm-hmm. Whether you meant it or you weren't sure or you didn't understand something feels unright there like not mentally you know like you can't do that and come back i don't think you can and maybe other people disagree and that's fine but i don't think until i see some kind of like evidence that that can happen which i feel like thus point in my life i have not found anything that leads me to believe that doing something so cruel i honestly think that people who can murder or do anything like that like there is, like, a sickness in them that doesn't just go away. Yeah, and, and until I, like, hear some study that's done, which maybe it exists and I just don't look for it, who knows, but, like, it doesn't make sense to me how Mm-mm. you can be so comfortable doing something like that. No, I don't like it. I don't like it either. You think we'd be used to it, like, with... Like, but every time I tell my story, I'm like... Mm. I know! Every time I hear them, like, even the ones I don't share, I'm just like why yeah for this one literally like i i have exposed myself to a lot of true crime obviously yeah, yeah. and so i feel like sometimes it can start to feel like oh like another story another story another story and then sometimes but it's this so one, sobering i literally was watching it and like watching the interviews of like how the mom like the, the stepdad was saying like he couldn't even describe to the mom like what had happened and i literally was at work listening to the video mm-hmm. and i was like like wiping tears off my face because yes. it's like this shit's real life it's these really, are people it's hard because it can be like and it'll always be like people's hobby in a weird way like mm-hmm. it is like it's just to that point like and what's interesting about it is like the psychology it's not like we're necessarily we're not fascinated by death or, like, or glamorizing the, no. the bad stuff and it's never like it's not an interest with like anything along those lines like the gruesome of the crimes it's more the psychology for me like why it happened how like Mm -hmm. how it got to that point and how can it be prevented like what are the signs like you know yeah had his mom looked at his computer could it have been prevented if his mom had just taken a minute to look through the browser history to censor or to to add a add something so that it's filtered like nowadays there are so many like Mm -hmm. programs you can install on your kids computers that like send all of the data to another device but can you even can you prevent it and that's like what i want to know at least putting them in some kind of immediate fucking therapy yeah you know what i mean like at least so that it can be like documented that this is the type of like this is a ongoing issue Mm -hmm. like so that maybe they can't ever like grow up to be like teachers or something like at least that it can get to that point i don't know and it's just like can that be a thing that could always even be detected? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But what can we do? I don't know. Can we? I don't know. 
And that's, I, what, that's why we talk about it every and week. And until that is figured out, we will continue to do this, pretty much. Which yeah. is really sad. Like, it is kind of sad, but it's also like... People want to hear, they want to know, they want to understand, just like we want to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I can speak for many of us when I say, like, we're all here to understand what this is, how this can be. Yeah. And why, so that we can look out for it and, like, try to be safe in some way, you know, like, it makes me want to, like, think differently about, like, when I have kids, like, how can I, how, is there any way that, like, this can teach me anything? Yeah, and, like, even just change something I do daily with, like, mm-hmm. being aware, being more observant. Yeah, I mean, having not spray, not saying in any way she could have observed that he was going to do that to her. No, God, no. But, like, in other scenarios, like, yeah, definitely. I don't know. Ugh. And on that that super cheerful note. Yeah, I'm not sad as fuck. No, <laughs> we want to thank everybody that came to our live episode today, and we want to thank everybody that listens to us every single week and all you. of our followers, especially right now. I'm on a kick for the followers in Ireland. I appreciate <laughs> them so much. I don't know what I'm doing right, but I hope I keep doing it. Um, we also have new listeners that are in India and Thailand, which is We why. also have people in other states other than Michigan and Utah. We do. <laughs> We've got, like, California and Texas, and it makes me want to try. Like, the more I look at all these, like, geographical locations, I want to do cases in those areas. How can so, I get you? How, and I want to, like, appeal to everybody yeah. and, like, give everybody a little something, you know what I mean? That's the goal. So if you guys enjoy our podcast, you can give us um, a star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can share our podcast with your friends if you think they'd be interested. And we really appreciate the people who follow us on facebook.com slash between the crimes. You can also recommend us on Facebook, which is really, really helpful for do us it. as well. Do Please it. do it. <laughs> um, and pretty soon I want to make an Instagram or something cool like that. That would be cool. So that's the kind of stuff you guys can look forward to. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.